Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. All right, you getting ready for Thanksgiving? Uh, Listen, we know the routine. Um, Some some of y'all are going back for seconds. Some of y'all going back for thirds. It's top button. It's top button time, you know, you create a little space. But I want to talk to you a little bit about Thanksgiving. You, some of you may be um, being around your family, and for some of you, that's wonderful. And uh, for some of you, it's effort. And I, I, and I just want to tell you this, that don't, don't hold your family accountable for what God's doing in your life. Just, just just go and love people. And, and, and I get it, you know, some, some, there's a lot of reasons people act a lot of ways. And so I would just encourage you to love your family like you're a missionary. You know, if, if you went with us on a missions trip uh, and, and you were ministering to people, you, you wouldn't be worrying about who was on CBDs, you wouldn't be worrying about what people were into. You wouldn't be worrying about, all, you would just be showing up and ministering. And, 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 and here's what I want to encourage you. Uh, know how long you need to stay and don't stay longer than you need to. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you should grow, your face should grow. And you, you know that, okay, I'm walking in and the first thing they may talk about is whatever it is, uh, when you're going to start having your family, you got too big of a family. You go, everybody's, got, everybody's got thoughts, uh, politics. Well, it doesn't matter what it is. And you just come in and, and you resist being a victim and being offended. You get to make that choice. It, it's not really adulthood to say, I can act better if everybody else acts good. That's not adulthood. You, you don't teach that to your children. And so we're not going to teach it to you. Go in, pray up, know where you're going, come in and just love people like you're a missionary. And, and, and then, come on, end, high five, love, get in the car, take a deep breath. <sighs> because here's the thing, is a lot of this is about sowing. You're sowing honor and you will reap honor later. And the way sometimes you feel about your family is the way people will feel about you. Your family's just not there yet. So, so do well. Come on. Thanksgiving and being thankful, being grateful is not just an emotion. It is a discipline. Discipline yourself to be grateful. Pause, praise, and say, I'm thankful for my brother. I'm thankful for my sister. I'm thankful for this family. I'm thankful for my mom. I'm thankful for my dad. Come on, I'm thankful. Everybody say that. I'm That's it. Didn't that feel good? Didn't that feel good? Okay. The Bible teaches us that God wants to add to your life. God wants to add to your life. We know that God begins to add to our life as we give. Giving is a way that God begins to increase your life. And we are in closing up this 
three-part series of the generosity plan. And I, I want to encourage you, if you've been in and out, go back and listen to it because our first conversation was making the connection that money is in fact spiritual and it produces an emotion in you. The second was that it's bigger than we think and we talked about tithe and we talked about giving and we talked about our posture. And so today I want to talk about the power of multiplication. God has an idea that you would multiply. That you would multiply. The dream in your heart over the next year is unlocked by your willingness to sow seed. Sowing seed. Increase has a direct correlation to giving. Catching this revelation will change everything because it will cause you to view your talents, your resources, and your upbringing as seed. You are the potential of seed. There is seed. And so here is the problem. Is we live in a world where we feel like we have to create everything. But the truth of the matter is the Bible tells us that God goes before us. And he has made a path for us. And we have to keep going straight. So basically what that means is God's created your highway. You are not constructing your road. You are staying on the path. And what moves you from the path is hurdles and hang-ups, your past where I am hindered to something else and I, cannot, I can no longer move forward. So we sever those. We ask Jesus to come into our life. The power of the Holy Spirit begins to move in us. And all of a sudden, we begin to walk into freedom. Come on, we've been walking in victory. And all of a sudden, we're not tied to the things of our past. Amen? Come on, amen? That's part of it. That's... That enables us to keep going. But all of us down the road get distracted. The Bible tells us that, that in Jeremiah that God has good plans for us. And here is why we get distracted. Because we live in a world that you either are comparing yourself to somebody else. So you see what they have, their family, their income, their talent, their ability, their whatever. And you measure what you have by what they have. And the Bible says actually warns us like don't do that don't get into that game because you'll be discouraged and here's what will happen is you will devalue your seed because you're looking at what they've planted and so you'll get off and your momentum down this road of victory and purpose and life will get off because you'll see everything that's growing in their life and you'll reduce your little bitty seed but then here's the other problem then you look to this way and you see that you're growing more things than they are. And that you, you're, you're, you're a better communicator than they are. You're better at organization than they are. Your finances are in a better position than your brother or your sister. And, and for some, Thanksgiving is a moment to realize I'm not measuring up. And for others, Thanksgiving is I am the best in our family. I am the number one son-in-law. I am the number one daughter-in-law. You are lucky to have me in this family because honestly, I make y'all better. Is this true? All right, all right. My point is you will either be discouraged or you will be prideful. And both of those will hinder your multiplication in your life because God gave you seeds so that you would give it. 
2 Corinthians chapter 9, 6 and 7 says this, but I say, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not begrudgingly or under necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. See, the reason when we give, we're not cheerful about it, is because we believe that if we give, something is being taken from us. Now, you will have to be around young children to get this. Daddy buys all the M&M's. Daddy wants an M&M. The child is like, huh, these are my M&M's. The daddy's like, I gave you all the M&M's. Without me, you have no M&M's. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? And so we begin to believe at a very young age that if I give it away, I have less. And God is like, that is a secular worldview because what it happens is when you begin to give the thing that I've given you, then you are trusting me to multiply it. Come on, everybody say multiplication. Thank you. Listen. God doesn't multiply before you give. Multiplication comes after giving. My, my assignment today is the power of multiplication. God created us to experience multiplication. Now, in our Western culture, we, we have a tension between the Bless Me Club, Prosperity Gospel, um, we're all going to win, and multiplication. The, all throughout the Bible, there is multiplication. Our culture, our world, there are natural implications that show us multiplication. Think about creation. There is seed, time, and harvest. Seed, I plant the seed into the ground. Time, I work it, I, I'm diligent, I watch over it, I manage it, and it begins to grow into a harvest. Come on, everybody say harvest. You need to understand seed, time, harvest. Everybody under 30, you need to breathe. You don't get to seed and harvest. I tried really hard. Your intentions don't make it grow faster. Seed, time, harvest. Well, I wanted to write a story. I wanted to write a blog. I wanted to be an influencer. I wanted to do this. Seed, plant it, time, learn, grow, manage, get better, learn how to do this, learn how to put your tools away. Don't, don't, don't buy a brand new tool every time you do a job. Actually organize your life. Time, harvest. Wow, I made more money. How did you make more money? Why did you have to buy every tool? Why didn't you have to buy every tool? Because I kept tools. Wow! I know I'm being super spiritual right now. <laughs> Genesis chapter 1, 28 verse 30, 28 and 30. And God blessed them. And God blessed them. Here's the deal. You've been pre-blessed. Pre-blessed. In other words, you have in you what you need to multiply. You, you just can't devalue it. 
And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish and the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of heaven, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every plant for food. And so it was. That was a long way of saying, you have dominion. Now, some of you, this may be a brand new concept. But, but based on the verse that we just read, Who has dominion? Who has dominion? God created man, mankind, to have dominion. What does this mean? I don't want to come for your worldview today, but I'm coming. God gave dominion to everything that moves and breathes on the earth. That means animals, mammals, amphibians, reptiles, are not equal to man. Hear what I'm saying. They're not equal. Your cat ain't equal to a human life. And I know you got love for whiskers. Your dog, don't come for me, is not family. Some of y'all just blew your mind right there. But we live in a culture now where we, we have missed the fact and we try to reduce mankind. And so now because we have an emotional outlook on everything in life, we're like, this animal is more valuable than those people. Those people hurt my life and this dog has always licked my face and loved me and whatever. So you have more valuable than the, no, 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 this is a pet. And I'm not devaluing what this animal means to you, but God ain't like cats, dogs, koalas are equal. But we live in a culture that will tell you our animal brothers. Come on. We have dominion over everything that breathes and over everything that produces. This is important to understand because our culture acts as if man is the problem. Man is the problem. Man is the one destroying everything. Man is the, no, 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 no. Genesis chapter 2, verse 5. Read, look, stay, stay with me. When no brush of the field was yet in the land and no small plant of the field had sprung up for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the land because there was no what? No, no, no. Say it like a statement, like a question. No what? No man to work the ground. No man. 
In other words, God is such a God of use that he wastes nothing. And for something to produce, he wants to make sure that it will be maintained and it will be cared for. And so God would not send the rain to start the seed unless there was a man present. I need you to understand that man is not the problem in our world. It's sin. I don't care how many Disney shows you watch. Man is not the issue. It's sin in man that makes us nasty. Mankind is the solution to see production happen in the world. The law of entropy is in effect. Your lawn just doesn't get mowed. Your lawn isn't trained to grow a certain height. Weeds happen. Why do weeds leave? Because a man touches it and a man, come on, a woman touches it. That garden, come on, that, all of that is God letting you know, listen, that you are a valuable piece to multiplication. Man is the solution. Man is the solution. Let's talk about marriage. I'm just showing you ways that God has always been into multiplication. When, when a man and a woman come together, come on, when a man gives seed to the woman, it creates life, and there is what? Come on, say it. Multiplication. Multiplication. This is why, listen, we have this weird camp, even in the church, where it's like, we don't want to talk about politics, and we don't want to whatever, we don't want to... Here's the issue. If you read the Old Testament, God has already told us when the unrighteous reign, people will mourn. It affects. When there is a mean, hurtful daddy in the house, it affects the home. When there is, listen, a mean, egotistical Full of sin, mommy in the house, it affects the home. Okay? When we have leaders that say we can reproduce in our own likeness and whatever we want and try to stop and hinder the way God produces multiplication, it will affect us. Does that make sense? And so now we're in a season where we're trying to rewrite what the family can operate in, and I get it. There is tension. I'm going to step into it. Many of us have friends and loved ones and whatever who are battling homosexuality, gender transition, whatever, and, and I am never wanting you to be the activist that is condemning. Like, that's not the posture I can't believe, I don't think Jesus was holding signs. But listen to me. I'm also not passive and acting like because Jesus was meek, he was weak. Meek is controlled strength. And so you're going to have to navigate in a real world the tension between loving people who have a past baggage and background that you don't know anything about and not capitulating and changing the truth because the Bible says the truth will set you free. And all I can tell you is that's like parenting. People are like, well, you give me that child for like two weeks, I'll, I'll fix them. You, 
every child is different. I, I don't know what to tell you. It's like, yes, there are some concepts that work, but you know what? I mean, we, we had a daughter that, honestly, you know, The only thing that got to her was her being by herself because she was a party waiting to happen. And so we, we, we had to play the game. Like we had to put her by herself and then all, we all had to laugh on demand. <laughs> are, are you sorry yet? <laughs> that was it. She thought the party was happening away from her. She's repentful. Come on. You're going to have to balance the tension of loving well and holding the line in your family and teaching truth. Because you cannot, you, our nation and our world will not multiply if we change the truth. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? Come on, love me, love me. Listen, for, for all of us, think about the covenants, the old covenant and the new covenant. God made a covenant with his people that obedience Reproduction, giving, and increase would flow in that manner. When there was rebellion, sin, and hard hearts, Israel was always defeated, enslaved, and reduced. God had a covenant with his people in the New Testament. So in the Old Testament, God created the nuclear family. In, in the Old Testament, he created the nuclear family, and he said, this is how you're going to multiply. Okay? In the New Testament... Jesus has adopted us into the family of God and we are now heirs in the covenant, co covenant of Abraham and we are called to go to all nations and to all the ends of the world making disciples and so there is still an expectation on multiplication. So in the old covenant, there was multiplication. In the new covenant, there is, come on, listen, multiplication. Multiplication is planting spiritual seeds and harvesting souls. This is why we talk so much about developing leaders. Really, what we're saying is we disciple people. We disciple people to be in rooms. We disciple people to have conversations. We disciple people to pray for people. We disciple people to be able to stand in in the room and have the anointing of God come through them and so we will always have leaders in here in the house we will always do that we will always evangelize we, we, we will always plant churches we will always send missionaries and so I want to talk to every man in the room real quick you are not a passenger in life listen to me listen to me thank you for the clap Come on, let, let's all do it. Come on, come on. I, we are not a church that will diminish women. But we are also not a church that feels like there is not a spiritual heritage and an anointing on a man. And I am telling you, in the world of Marvels and Barbies, we are going to have strong men that understand rain and anointing come into your house when a man steps up, steps in, and begins to not be passive, but say, here's what we're going to do. You hear what I'm saying? And so... When you come here, you will be challenged to lead, to pray, to go first, to open the door. To, 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 because your presence predicates multiplication. 
Maybe you never had your dad tell you that you're a man. Maybe you had someone else in your family or maybe you never heard that. And I'm telling you, I'm saying that to you right now. You're needed in the house of God. And, and I'm going to be honest. A lot of times in church, Men come in because there's shame and baggage and brokenness and anger and missteps and addictions and all of these things. And so, um, and so they're dragged to church and they sit on the back row. And, and, they, and if you're on the back row, I'm, I'm not coming for you. Uh, and, and so, and so they, they don't feel good enough. And they act like somehow church is seventh grade football. And if I don't start earlier, I'm not going to be any good. And so here I am. I'm trying to get on the team. And I, I don't know the scriptures. And I don't know the place. And I don't know what this. And I don't know that. And so I'll just sit back and watch. You're, you were made to be in the game. You, come on. You, you were made to, to, to take a hit. You were made to, 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 to get into the game, to make an impact, to score. You were made to do something with your life. Come on. You hear what I'm saying? Right now, we have a parking team that, that Jesse Fryer, this, uh, a man in our church, and he came to me and was like, hey, I, I want to be in the ministry. I said, great, join the parking team. He was like, we don't have a parking team. That's right, in Jesus' name. <laughs> You're it, baby. He was like, I want to minister. I was like, great, parking team. So we started talking, and uh, he started this parking team. And so two, two Sundays ago, he was out there by himself, 7 o'clock, people, people get here at 7, 6.45 to, to create this. Like, none of this just happens. And so he's parking, and he's waving at everybody, and, and, and I, I get out of my car, and I say, okay, you ready for your first ministry lesson? He's like, yeah. And I was like, don't ever do what you're doing alone. Always have someone else with you. Impart. Go get coffee, pray together, do. And he goes, man, that's all. I was like, we don't need a parking team. We need men who feel like there's a reason for them to show up and be here. You hear what I'm saying? And so today when I came, he was like, I got four guys on the way. I'm, I'm excited. We're going to get a group text. I'm going to start. We're going to have, I'm going to have coffee. We're going to have a donut. We're going to pray. We're going to welcome. Yeah. I was like, now you're in the ministry. If you don't know where to start, you better jump on that parking team. You're like, thank God, because I don't want to talk to nobody. I don't want nobody hugging me. I don't <laughs> like, ah, ah. There's a place for you. In a year, we'll laugh and talk about the parking team, and here's what we will all say. Multiplication. Multiplication. I've seen multiplication in my own life. I gave Katie a wedding ring, and now we have th this wonderful family. Isn't it crazy? I, 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 Y'all can tell, you can tell I like this service better. Uh, but um, it is so funny when you're like, I love you, I love you, let's get together. All of a sudden, you're like, your love manifests into little ones. And then all of a sudden, the man's here and the children are there. And I'm like, God, you gave me her. Then you gave me them. Then she went, oh, children. <laughs> and I went, hey, girl. <laughs> I, so, 
Some of y'all, this is too real. Freedom in your soul is happening right now. Listen, some of y'all are like, why do we have the kids not in service? I mean, I don't care, but this is my, the first time all week long you have sat next to your spouse. Going to hold her hand. <laughs> Listen, here's my point. My point is that God has created many avenues of multiplication. And you should see multiplication on your life. I wrote a book called Be the One and it turned into a ministry. I gave up my home, friends, and ministry in Hot Springs to come and bring my family and give to Northwest Arkansas. And eight years later, look what God has done. Come on, someone say multiplication. <laughs> Giving by faith produces multiplication. It's not fast. It's not fast. These are spiritual principles. But obedience and generosity will always open up more capacity for multiplication. The power of multiplication is seen in the scripture. I want to show you the scripture verse. It is the scripture, it is the passage of the feeding of the 5,000. And I want to show you this. John chapter 6, verse 2 through 12. Stay with me. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's about to get better. Come on. A large crowd followed him, Jesus, because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went up to the mountain, and there he sat down with the disciples. And now Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. And lifting up his eyes then, and seeing the large crowd that was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these people can eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered, 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little. One of the disciples, Andrew, Simon, Peter's brother, said to him, there is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. And now there was much grass in that place. So the men sat down, about 5,000 in number, and Jesus took the loaves and when it was and then he gave thanks. He distributed them to those who were seated. Those who were seated. Okay? So also the fish as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told the disciples, gather up all of the fragments so that nothing may be lost. I want to give you real quick four keys to multiplication that I believe will change your life. Here's the first one. Four keys to multiplication. Here's the first one. Sometimes you have to pause for perspective. Many times we miss where we should be giving because the movement of our life is too fast. And so pausing, it is interesting to me that, that pausing actually shifts a perspective and causes the disciples to see clearly what was happening? You will never multiply what you don't see. Your seed, your gift, your talent, your, you will never multiply, listen, what you don't see. Jesus climbs and sits down, talks to the disciples. See, perspective happens when you can see. And I'm not saying that they were blind. I'm saying that they saw a crowd. They did this, but they never thought 
outside the initial idea of management. They weren't thinking feed them. They were thinking ministry. Jesus begins to elevate, listen, their thoughts. Sometimes we miss our moments to give because we never see what's coming. Jesus gives us a lesson in leadership that actually plays into multiplication. Great leaders help with perspective. Parents, one of the primary jobs that you have is you help with perspective. Don't be frustrated that your teenager doesn't see it. They don't see it because they don't have your experiences. They don't see it because they don't have your background. You break it down. See, you're on the hill seeing what they don't see. With all of you who manage people, don't be frustrated that the teachers or the people or the whatever aren't getting it. You are the one that creates and helps with perspective. Jesus sees the need coming and it starts a conversation. For us, that would be called anticipation. Don't live your life so frantically that you lose perspective. A lack of perspective affects multiplication. Pause. Pause. I'm going to a family and I'm so mad at everybody and I hadn't talked to them in six months. And Do you know there are some people that don't have any place to go? Do you know that some people have lost most of their family and they, they would love to even just be in an argument to hear their voice again? Do you know some people do Thanksgiving and they go to Cracker Barrel and sit alone? You see, you see what I'm saying? Like there's a, a perspective here and this series has been about Shifting your perspective so that you can sit in it, think about it, ask yourself, what could be hurting my multiplication? Is your perspective increasing or decreasing your multiplication? Be aware of your anger, your criticism, your busyness, your fear. Your perspective affects multiplication. Here's the second one. You got to pass a test. There is always a test. It's important to see Jesus questioning Philip what was a test. Hey, where are we going to get the bread? And he's like, <laughs> did, did you think I had it? Like, I'm going to, in my, in my dress that I'm wearing. <laughs> Philip is like, his mental computer begins to go, and he's like, hold on, you want to get a little bread to all these people? And 5,000 people, at that time, they didn't count women and children. It's estimated that there was fifteen to 20,000 people in this moment, and Philip is like, carry the dream, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, we don't, we don't have enough. What, what you don't know is, is, that, is that Jesus was testing him with all of the miracles and all the miraculous and all the things that you've been around me and all that you've seen me do, I, I have a question for you. I know that this one meal in the natural looks like eight months of income. That's how much it would have been to feed everybody, eight months of income. There have been many times, listen, in the natural that I looked and I thought, yo, I don't know if I have enough. And how many times have you said that financially? emotionally 
mentally, spiritually. I don't have enough. I don't have enough to deal with this problem. I don't have enough to deal with that personality. I don't have enough. Maybe you even said it this last week. And I'm telling you this. There have been times in my own life where I've had to resubmit to the Lord my trust and faith in him. Be careful in your moment because it's a test. Jesus knew what they had. Listen to this. But Jesus wanted to know if they knew what they had. See, listen, Jesus was saying, look, look I know how you're going to get some bread. And you don't need dough. Just wait. It's gonna, you're going to get it. You're going to get it. You need me. See, I am putting you in situations where it is beyond your capacity to fix this. And for some of you, this is wonderful news because you can cut away your Superman cape and you don't have to save everybody today. Even when we did this last building campaign in 2019, I remember driving by this road. We were over there uh, behind Popeye's Chicken. Come on, the fragrance of heaven. And, uh, and, and I would drive by here, and this, this, this church was kind of falling apart. And people would say, hey, have you looked at that church? And I was like, no, God has something better for us. And then kind of in my heart, it was, hey, what about that church? What, what about... What about, no, 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 I, I bind that in the name of Jesus. I don't know. And so I remember one time in prayer, I was thinking, we got to get out of this building. We're, we're growing beyond its capacity. There's no place to park. Come on, y'all remember? Like, 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 like people getting saved out in the parking lot because they're battling like all sorts of stuff. And um, God was like, why don't you want that building? And I was like, it doesn't. Look, it's a lot of work. And he was like, oh, so you see it the way it is, but I see it the way it can be. And I was like, okay. And, and, and so we started talking to everybody and we found out it's going to be a lot of money. And I was like, <laughs> and listen, between 2020, 2021, 2023, over a million dollars was raised so that we could buy the property, renovate the whole thing. When we, we were over there paying rent. It was $12,000 a month for rent. And now it's like $12,000, $12,750 a month to own our own place with 6,000 extra feet. Come on, come on. I don't know who's in the room today, but you are in a test right now, and I need you to stop saying you don't have enough. You don't have enough patience. I don't have enough to fix this marriage. I don't have enough. Like, the, remove the limitations. Come on, hear what I'm saying. Stop saying there's no way. Stop saying there's not enough money. Stop ta talking about the facts. Don't figure. Stop talking about how big and large the crowd is. Stop talking about your resources. We don't operate under a worldly system. The worldly economics is, is working and earning. 
It's toil and hard work, and I am I'm absolutely for if you don't work, you don't eat. And you should, you should show up every day because you don't work for your boss. You work unto the Lord. You're not trying to cut corners. But here's the other thought, is you absolutely have to believe that, that the biblical economics is obedience, reproduction, giving, increase. And you, you are under a new king, and there is a new worldview. Here's the third one. You have something to offer. You personally have something to offer. This boy is amazing. I, I, I want all of our young people to, to hear me say this in the room. You have to understand that we don't devalue you and we're not waiting until you get older to make a difference because this boy's meal changed the environment and we believe that what you offer to God in this season could also change our church. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? <laughs> to this young little boy, it was enough for him. But to everyone else, it was overlooked. God may be, you may feel like people are overlooking what you have to offer. Never overlook what God has given you. We see the power of multiplication because the lunch, listen, listen, the lunch was given, it wasn't consumed. Many people never multiply what they have because they only consume it. Give. And it shall be given unto you. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? All seed must be planted for it to multiply. Don't despise what you have. Offer it. Here's the last one. Is you have to create order. Order. Andrew started helping and he found this boy, come on, with a snack pack, with a Hebrew Happy Meal. It was like, I mean, like, I don't even know how I would handle that if I was in a staff meeting and Devin was like, I know how we can pay for the building. And he brought in a $5 bill. I'd be like, hmm, there's probably more to this than I understand. Because that looks like a $5 bill. Listen to this. In the middle of not having enough, Jesus told them to prepare. Church, it's easy to be in the presence of God and act like he's powerless. What are we going to do? This is all that we have. And Jesus is sitting there going. I don't think Jesus gave him a stank face. But I think Jesus was like. Listen. Don't wait to create order. Create order right now. In the middle of a broken marriage in the middle of pain and you guys may be hinting at things and frustrated and you're always in separate bedrooms and you're, you're frustrated. In the middle of that, you need to start preparing because you have something. Start listening to a podcast every day on marriage. And listen, don't argue with it. Do exactly what it says. Some of you, you can prepare right now in your finances. Some of you can prepare right now in your gift. Some of you feel like God wants you to write a book, write a sentence. Well, I'm just telling you that you can do something right Right now. It was a little delayed. 
That was like that referee in the Draymond call. That was a little late, but y'all good. We got there. Jesus said, have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in that place, so the men sat down, 5,000. Here's what I need you to understand. The disciples were tasked with making the people sit down. I know we're Americans, and we don't sit down. But in the presence of God, you're going to have to sit in places that you don't understand to receive I don't want to sit then you don't want to eat you can't make me sit all I'm going to tell you is the people sit and get a snack here's the thing God blesses order honor thy father and mother is order As an adult, honoring father and mother means that you let them talk and then you are mature enough to eat the fish and spit out the bone. You don't shut down their voice because they're not saying what you don't like. That's honor. You don't walk away from their wisdom or investment. You didn't just get here. You want want a blessing on your life? Create order. Giving your tithe is order. Walking in obedience and holiness is order. God will never bless disorder. That is why it is so important. The dream in your heart is predicated by order. Order precedes multiplication. So listen, here's what. Where does your life need order? Where does your finances need order? Where does your schedule need order? Jesus commanded the disciples to gather all of the pieces See, here's what you need to understand. God wastes nothing. And so some of the reasons that we are not multiplying to the level that we feel like the dream is in us is because we don't have the maturity and the discipline not to waste the extra. God will not bless what there is no order to keep. Hear me. So you may feel it passionately and you may believe something big is in here but if you don't create the ability to order what God has already given to you the blessing will be held back because God wastes nothing. Multiplication of the fish and the loaves is a principle. And the power of multiplication changes environments. Whatever God has given you, don't look down on it. Don't diminish it. Give it. Give it. Over the last year I want you to know as a church we've moved into more order we've moved into every year we move into more order okay we we seek Jesus and we manage systems the system isn't Jesus I just want you to know that okay but will you put that first slide up we just did a a night for for a lot of our regular and recurring givers and I want you to see this because we feel like transparency is something that, that actually, like, you're giving and you're being faithful to the tithe. And so here's what these buckets mean. When we set up our board, we said that we would run our church off of 35% salaries, 35% facilities, 10% giving, and 20% operations. 
And so I just want you to know this last year, we came, that white line is uh, the extent of our boundaries. The only one that we passed was giving. What I'm letting you know is that we are running in order. Look at that next slide. We did 15 outreaches this year. We, did, we, we started a care team that helped 20 different families long term. We, right now, our reach, when you, every time you post on Instagram, every time you repost a service, more people are watching. And here's what we've come to find out. People watch one or two services before they ever come. Locally, we're having an impact internationally because of our church. 54 people are being discipled in other countries. Hear what I'm saying? There's order in the house. Here's what I need you to know. This last year, this last year, we started a care team. We changed the structure in all of our areas where it's staff, area lead, team lead, and team members. We're doing a better job equipping our leaders and life group leaders in discipleship. Last year, we grew in our attendance 29% in one year. Come on, come on, y'all can clap for that. We have more men in ministry than we did than we have in any other time in our church and that is in active ministry and that's in life groups and ministry groups. Our, come on, that's good, that's good. Our generation, our next generation ministries is having a huge impact. We've reduced the payments on our building this year by three years. Come on, that's good, that's good. We are open pretty much every day of the week. You can't drive by here and something is not happening. And what I want you to know is there's order and there's going to be multiplication. And why am I saying to this? Because I hope you didn't pick our church because of its size. Because we won't be that size next year. We're growing. This is the smallest we're ever going to be. Well, that, that scares me. Well, here's the deal. If we don't want to be honest, grow with us. Grow with us. Find out why it's scary. Because the truth of the matter is, here's what we believe. We don't believe that Pastor Stephen and Katie are the only ones that can pray for you. And the truth is, we need more people to open their homes, more people to break down scripture, more people to do. People, I, I work hard to do what I do, but I realize that people only get like 10% of it. But when they sit down with you and they break bread and you answer questions and you pray for them and you talk to them, and I'm just telling you, like we're gonna be multiplying. Here's today's takeaway. God doesn't multiply before we give. And so here is what I'm asking you. December the 10th is our Heart for the House offering. And we are asking you, challenging you to pray and ask God, what do you want me to give? This is an offering. On December 10th, we'll take up our Heart for the House offering and we're asking you to sow a financial seed that is above the tithe, that is considered an offering. The tithe, we talked about that last week, is the first 10%. An offering is above that. And we are asking you to help us multiply the ministry. Each year, the Heart for the House, we've done this every year, each year the Heart for the House offering accelerates the vision and so I am asking for you to do something significant 
meaningful and faith-filled. Well, what are you going to use all that money for? Here are the four areas that we will use it for. We will develop a, a, a better life group systems. Framework is going to change. We're going to need more leaders. Um, pipeline. We're going to, we're, we actually are going to do a better job at, at, at making sure that people have an easier way into our church. But we have to buy some programs and get some different stuff to do that. Staff restructuring. We also have two build-outs. Go ahead and put the first image up. So when we started this church, I really, in a, in a time of prayer, I, I believe that there is going to be a moment, I'm not professing this, where our church will need to be ready because we live in a tornado-ridden place. And I want to be ready. So the reason... I want to be ready is because I want the church to be open. And so in the kids area, you may not know this, but there's showers. And so I want, if it throws down, I want to be open. I want to have a kitchen. I want to be able to serve food in this room over here. And I want people to take a hot shower if they need it. Provided that we have what we, does that make sense? And so I'm work, I'm multiplying. Today we're doing this to get ready for when. Okay, and so I really do. I believe that this next year, I want to have a, um, a storage unit that has wood and tarps and nails. And like, I want to be so ready that we just load up in trucks, go down roads and say, here, 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 here. Because when all that happens, you ain't going to be able to find material. I want to have it all ready. Okay, so, so, so it's going to take some time to get all that done okay so we want to put in a kitchen last year in the heart for the house we had about $65,000 come in and so I want you to know that this only took time because of architectural stuff but we're gonna to try to do these in the same phase but this is paid for we have that okay so you're not giving to that I'm just letting you know what's coming here's the next thing that but that we are giving to when you go out this door you'll see some stairs in this building, there's not really any offices. We wanted to maximize all of our space. And so we don't have any classrooms for Wednesday night, life groups, whatever. So upstairs, we want to put that in. And so we're looking at about $400,000. We have $100,000 already ready. So we, the kitchen and $100,000 is, is done. What we're believing for is the rest of that money to come in. And so I'm telling you, there is a need. I believe that you have the seed. And I'm asking you to pray and ask God what he would have you do so that we can give in order to see multiplication. Does that make sense? Okay. So it's not today. Everybody breathe. Please show up on December the 10th. If you're going to be out of town, you can give on the app. But, but, but here's the thing. Is... I believe that this offering for many of you will be a test. It'll be a test because we're going to be honest. Churches grow all the time, but there are people who are submitted to that church and there are people who are just partnering with the church. People who are partnering with the church just come for a concept, but they don't come for the spiritual authority. And so I believe that as a church, both services... I believe that as we invest, 
I believe that you're, I'm going to be able to stand before you next year and say, here is what we accomplished together. And you will be a part of that. And the Bible says that what we do is credited to you, not just to the house brand. It's bigger than us. It's credited to you. And so, Devin, come on up. We're almost done. But I'm excited. So Devin's going to turn loose next week. Y'all want to come? Uh, if it was really bad today, it'll be better next week. Um, uh, uh, but, but Devin's going to preach it up next week, so come. Uh, shout him down. Uh, but, but I'm going to be honest. Like, I'm so impressed by Devin. But I have seen this concept, this principle work in his life and where he has come from and what he has and what he owns not that it he's not saying I'm a big deal but he's saying that I'm giving you a concept that he's worked in and it's working and so I want you to kind of share your testimony real quick lead us into offering and you guys listen listen let's end together don't 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 just leave don't just get busy uh but but we're gonna do this then we'll worship together and we'll all be dismissed all right, y'all give Devin a hand. Yeah, so basically, um, growing up, I'm from Louisiana, and uh, my mom raised me and my eight other siblings by herself. And so we didn't have a lot of money. We, just, we were on uh, food stamps, uh, government housing, pretty much just all types of government assistance my whole life growing up. But when I started, when I got saved my senior year of high school, and started going to church, I started to realize that for a lot of the people who I was meeting at church and a lot of my friends, their life looked completely different than how my life looked growing up. And it's because they had made a decision, their families had made a decision to, to put their finances under the, like a biblical order. And so it was, it was those people who made a great impact on my life when I started being around church. I remember um, my sophomore year of college and I did not really know where I was going to stay. Me and my mom had kind of gotten into it and my, it was my youth pastor who had an extra room. Really, he just moved one of his kids into another room and made space for me to stay with him. And he started to teach me concepts and he was the one who said, man, do you, do you tithe? And I was like, well, not really. <laughs> and he, he encouraged me to start tithing and being faithful with God, even though I didn't have a lot. He told me that it would make an impact on my life, and it did. And then my pastor actually was the one who helped me move up here when I said, hey, I'm going to move to Rogers and start helping and, and plant a church. And he actually paid for the whole first year of my rent for me to live up here because he had, he had the finances to do it. So I'm not saying if, if you don't have a lot, you can't help people. But for me, it was the people who had managed their finances who were able to bless me and teach me some things about that. And now I think about my life now and I can't tell you that I have everything, but, um, we like my kids don't miss meals. Like I, I, I'm the first one in my family to own my house. Like I'm a, I'm a pastor now. And so that's what, that's what God can do. If you allow some of these concepts to begin to work in your life, even when you feel like you don't have enough. So can we give God a hand for what he's able to do in people's lives? And so we, we are going to move into our time of giving. And during this series, we put it right at the end of service intentionally because we wanted to give you an opportunity to respond. We wanted you to allow the word of God to change your heart and go, okay, I'm going to respond now. And we say this every week, but giving really is a part of our, our worship. Just like we lift our hands and we sing, uh, we respond in giving. And so they are going to put the ways to give on the screen. And if this is your church, if this is your house where you've been coming and, and being fed, I would encourage you and take that step of faith to begin to honor God with your finances. Not 
just for what it could do in your life, but, but in a year, in two years, in 10 years, who are going to be the other Devons in the room who are impacted by your generosity? And so you can give today. If you're new, there's actually no pressure on you. We actually hope that you feel like somebody gave something to you today, that you got a high five as you came in, that the word spoke to you. And we're just so glad that, that you joined us today. And then the next thing that you'll see is after people give, uh, they'll get together with their family and their friends and even individuals who came by themselves, just taking a moment to pray and to ask God to, to bless them and to bless what they gave. So I want to encourage you take part in that as well. And then lastly, we're going to have our altar team up here. And what we really want to do is we want to pray with you. Maybe you have something that's been, you know, bothering you and you just want somebody to stand in agreement. Maybe you're looking ahead to the holiday season and you're like, you know what, I don't know how I'm going to face this after what I've been through this year. And we just want to, we're not going to be long, but we just want to take a moment and pray and believe God with you. So if you would stand up on your feet with me, uh, I'm going to pray. And then I want to encourage you to engage with the Lord during this moment. God, we thank you that we have enough. God, that you've given us everything we need to do what it is that you've called us to do. God, today as we give, we ask that it would be fruitful and that it would multiply. God, that you would turn our money into ministry. God, we pray that the word that, we're going, that has gone forth today will be planted in our hearts and it would change our mindset. God, that it would break a poverty mindset off of us. God, and that we would turn to a mindset full of abundance. God, we love you and we give you all the honor and all the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.